Hello, Cathedral. Thanks so much for being here. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I want to welcome all those in the room, wherever you're at on campus, out in the amphitheater, the coffee shop, the chapel, those watching online and other campuses around the Bay Area. All this month, we're looking at a book in the Bible called The Book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, you find the wind of God and the fire of God as it touches the earth in the early church. And our prayer this month is, what happened back then, let it happen today. Let the wind blow, let the fire fall on this piece of earth called the Cathedral of Faith, and all God's people said, amen, amen to that. That's what we're believing for. Of course, the series is called Earth, Wind, and Fire, and back in the day, there was a band called Earth, Wind, and Fire. Does anybody remember that band? Oh, you guys are as old as I am. I mean, I loved Earth, Wind, and Fire. I had their albums. I listened to their music. I would drive in my car and sing along with their songs, dreaming that I was a member of the band. You can see, everybody has to have a dream, amen. And that was my real hair, believe it or not. But Earth, Wind, and Fire, I couldn't really play an instrument or sing or uh, dance, but I, I thought what I could do is I could carry water to them out on the stage, and then they could name their band Earth, Wind, Fire, and Water, and they'd cover it all, see? But Earth, Wind, and Fire, if you've never heard their music, I'll pray for you. I really will. Because you haven't lived unless you've heard Earth, Wind, and Fire. In fact, they have this one song called Shining Star. And instead of me reading you the lyrics, let's go back in time and listen to a chorus of Earth, Wind, and Fire. That right there is my sermon. They just preached my sermon. Shine the star so you can see what your life can truly be. Shine your star. No matter who you are, shine your star so you will see who you can truly be. That right there is the sermon for today. That Imagine the Cathedral of Faith is really a galaxy this weekend. And it's filled with stars. Shine your star, no matter who you are. Shine it bright to see who you can truly be. How you can become a shining star, that is the big idea 
for the weekend. Shine. Say that with me. Shine. The Bible says this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 15. It says, in a world of corrupt and sinful people, you must shine among them like stars lighting up the sky. You must shine like stars, shining stars. How do you become a shining star? Well, that brings us to our text for the day. It's the story of the person who is the shining star in the life of the early church. Apart from the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you can make the case that what we read about today, the conversion of Saul, is the most important event in world history. In Acts chapter 9, we see the conversion of Saul, how Saul becomes a shining star. Let's look at his story and find some takeaways for our story. The first one has to do with this. When we meet Saul, he is what you could say the commander of the Death Star. Look at what it says in Acts chapter 9 about Saul. It says, Saul continued to oppose the Lord's followers. He said they would be put to death. He went to the high priest. He asked the priest for letters to the synagogues in Damascus. He wanted to find men and women who belonged to the way of Jesus. The letters would allow him to take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. He's commander of the Death Star. If you went home and you got on the computer and you started checking out the headlines for the day, would any of the following headlines shock you? For example, you read, Owner Mark Davis of the Oakland Raiders sells the team, trades his allegiance, turns in his silver and black for the red and the gold. Would that shock you? Or how about this one? The leader of North Korea has stepped down from his position and turned over all of his nuclear program to the USA. Would that shock you? Or how about this one? Evolutionary biologist Richard Dawkins, leading atheist and critic of Christianity, has done a complete about-face and last week was baptized by Pastor Jim Gallagher at the Cathedral of Faith. Would that shock you? Or how about this one? Miley Cyrus sheds her bad girl image and joins a convent where she can write worship music for her local parish. Would that one shock you? It is hard to imagine, it really is, how shocking it was when the early church hears that their number one enemy, their number one persecutor, has now become one of them? Are you kidding me? That's got to be fake news. <laughs> the shock. 
Saul had made it his mission to stamp out the movement of Jesus. It started in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, we read, Saul began, in Acts chapter 8, Saul began to destroy the church. He went from house to house. He dragged away men and women and put them in prison. He did this in Jerusalem. But in Jerusalem, well, it was just, just wasn't there. He went to Damascus. Damascus is 200 miles away, but he's going to make the trip anyway because there's believers there that he needs to capture. If he has to go to the ends of the Roman Empire to stop the Jesus movement, he hates it so much, this is what he's committed to do. In fact, one translation puts it this way, communicating the attitude of Saul toward the followers of Jesus. It said, all this time Saul was breathing down the necks of the master's disciples, out for the kill. Out for the kill. Breathing in murder. Breathing out murder. This is what drove Saul every day. If you took a poll in that day and you said, okay, who is the least likely person in the first century to become a follower of Jesus? Saul's name would have come up at the top of that survey. But here's the takeaway. On that road to Damascus, Saul has an encounter with Jesus and that changes everything. And if Saul can become Paul, anything is possible. Let me say that again. If Saul can become Paul, then anything really is possible. Yeah, that's a good place to clap. Who are the people in your world that you look around, you rub shoulders with them, God's brought them into your orbit, and you look at them and you say, no, there's no chance. That boss at work with that foul mouth and that raunchy spirit, he's the least likely person. Or that that kid of mine who's just gone off the rails, haven't seen him for years, there's just no chance he's the least likely person. Or that husband of mine, he's just so apathetic about God and everything else, there's just no chance he's the least likely person. Or that neighbor of mine, they're from the pit of hell. There's no way they're ever going to be interested in Jesus. They're the least likely person. Who's the least likely person in your orbit that you would say, no, there's no way, no way that person will ever become a follower of Jesus. Today is the day to take back your hope. Begin to believe, begin to pray. If Saul can become Paul, then absolutely anything is possible. You're never beyond the reach of the grace of God. Hallelujah. Look at what Paul writes about his experience. He said, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I'm the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Jesus Christ could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him 
and receive eternal life. That's the good news that we celebrate today, that if Saul became Paul, the good news is for every man and every woman, you're never too far from the grace of God. Let's give God praise, amen. Never too far from the grace of God. So Paul is on this road to Damascus, and next he has an encounter in Acts 9 with what I'll call the bright and morning star. We read in Acts chapter 9, as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, isn't that interesting? He didn't say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting the church? He says, why are you persecuting me? The church is flawed. The church has failures. But Jesus so identifies with the church and so values the church and so loves the church. The church is his body. And when you try to destroy the church, you're coming after Jesus. On the other hand, if you're a part of the church, Jesus is your defender. Amen. (laughs) Jesus is with you and he's for you and he takes it very personally. (laughs) Now, in another place, Saul is telling the story and he adds this to what he experienced. Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It's hard for you to kick against the goads. What in the world is a goad? Well, animals can sometimes be stubborn. In fact, I saw this one little video where this horse just doesn't want this blanket on its back. Watch the screens and you can see it's going to have none of that. That horse, that horse was being stubborn, didn't want to have that blanket on its back. Well, in the first century, if you had an ox, those are big animals, and they could be very stubborn. And if you needed that ox to move and to move in a certain direction, you carried what was known as a goad. It was a stick. It was dull on one side, but it was sharp on the other side. And in order to get the ox moving, you would take the goad and just poke it a little bit at the ox. Now, if the ox didn't like the goading, what it would do is kick at the goad. But then that would hurt even more. And Jesus says to Saul, Saul, why are you being so stubborn? Why have you been kicking at the goads? On the one hand, the conversion of Saul, it seems so sudden, a flash of light on the road to Damascus. On the other hand, there were things that had been goading Saul for a while. He was there when his henchmen put a believer by the name of Stephen to death. And he had heard Stephen's speech, and it was compelling. 
And he had heard Stephen's prayer, Father, forgive them. And that was compelling. And he saw the peace and calm on Stephen's face as he died. And that was compelling. And all of those things just goaded Paul and goaded him and goaded him. He couldn't get him out of his mind and his heart. And yet he was still stubborn. Saul, why are you being so stubborn? But what I've noticed is this. Saul isn't the only one who can be stubborn. Uh Uh-oh. I have a stubborn streak in myself, too. In fact, I saw this sign. I thought it, it sums it up. It says, this year, thousands of men will die from stubbornness. And someone wrote, no, we won't. <laughs> See? <laughs> See, some guy. Where I know we won't. See, men and women, we can be stubborn. And today... I invite you to quit kicking against the goads, against the goads of God. If God has been goading you to move in the right direction, to move toward a better lifestyle, instead of kicking against the goads, surrender that area to God. God wants to give you your best life now. And if you will quit kicking against the goads, And make the changes God is wanting you to make by the power of the Spirit. And quit kicking against the goads. Make those changes that will give you better health. Make those changes that will improve your marriage. Make those changes that will give you financial freedom. Make those changes that will take the ceiling off your career. Make those changes that will heal your friendship. Today is the day to stop kicking against the goads and surrender my life to Christ so that he can bring increase. Increase. Pain isn't always a bad thing. Pain can be a good thing. When pain and crisis becomes the catalyst to move us in the right direction, it takes lightning from heaven to knock Saul off his high horse and onto the ground facing the mud. But there on the ground, guess who he meets? He meets Jesus. Jesus will meet us right where we're at. He's not the author of every crisis, but he'll meet us in the middle of every crisis. And when you run into Jesus, the Bible calls Jesus the bright and the morning star. The morning star is the star that's known for being the last star that appears before the dawn of a new day. And when you meet Jesus in your crisis and you surrender to him, friend, you're on your way. It's a new dawn. It's a new day in your life. Amen. Because of the bright and the morning star. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shine. Say that with me. Shine. Wow. This place is filled with shining stars today. And how do you get there? Well, we saw you have this encounter with the bright and morning star. And then we see that a star is born. That's what happens on that road to Damascus. Paul is taken to a man by the name of Ananias, and Ananias prays for Paul to receive his eyesight back. And then Saul goes out, and he begins to preach. It says, right away, 
he began to preach in the synagogues. He taught that Jesus is the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed. They asked, isn't this the man who caused great trouble in Jerusalem? Didn't he make trouble for all those who worship Jesus? Hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priest? But Saul grew more and more powerful. The Jews living in Damascus couldn't believe what was happening. Saul proved to them that Jesus is the Messiah. Talk about a radical shift. Paul becomes a star preacher. He becomes a star theologian. He becomes a star church planter. He is the shining star of the early church. And look at what God did. Notice how this happened. Before Saul was a follower of Jesus, well, he was a visionary leader. He was a passionate personality. And he was a brilliant intellect. But he was using that all against the cause of Christ. What happens when he becomes a Christian? God doesn't do away with those things. Instead, he redeems and restores his identity and uses them in the right way for the right purpose. He still is a visionary leader, a passionate personality, and a brilliant intellect, but now it's being used to promote the cause of Christ. When you bring your life to Jesus, he does not destroy who you are. He turns you in to the very best version of you. And that's how you become a shining star. What would that look like today? Let's say you're in service this morning and you're a drug dealer. Everybody's welcome at Cathedral of Faith. So say you're not just a drug dealer, but you're a big time drug dealer, like Breaking Bad kind of drug dealer. And so you've got a big organization in the Bay Area. Well, my guess is if you're a leading drug dealer, you're a pretty good leader. You've got some leadership skills and you probably have some marketing skills and you probably have some management skills and you probably have some distribution skills. <laughs> now, if after service you come down and you turn your life over to Jesus, what is going to happen to you? Well, God's going to take those same skills, your leadership ability, your management ability, your sales ability, and your distribution ability. He's going to redeem them, restore them, and release them in the right way for the right purpose. Amen. That's how you become the best version of you. See how that happens. You know, it's amazing to me. If you don't mind getting interactive, just hold up your thumb for a moment, just for a moment. Everybody hold up their thumb. Look around at all those thumbs. All these thumbs, and yet every thumb is unique. It's a reminder. You can put your thumb down. It's a reminder. God built a reminder into our own bodies that every person is unique. There is only one you in the world. My wife says, thank God there's only one Ken in the world. There's only one you in the world. That's why the best version of you, you don't have to try to be somebody else. When you're trying to be somebody else or live somebody else's dream, there's nothing more exhausting or frustrating than that. Believe me, I've tried. 
But if you will just be the you that God has created you to be and you bring your unique thumbprint, your identity to God and he redeems it and restores it, that's how you become a shining star in the world. You say what Saul said to Jesus. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? Would you say that with me? Lord, what do you want me to do? And you're on your way to becoming that star. Let me share with you one other personal example. Uh, It's Father's Day. It's the first Father's Day that I don't have my dad here with me. And I sure do miss him. I really do. But let me tell you something about my dad. My dad had an entrepreneurial spirit. Even when he was just a little guy, growing up in Crowley, Louisiana, he was an entrepreneur. I mean, he had his own paper route. He was managing the produce section at the little grocery store. He was, you know, he was uh, working at the radio station. Even the, the politicians in Louisiana hired him. They paid him to go pay people so they would show up and vote that day. And so, you know, he was just, he was a go for it kind of guy. Now, when he brought his entrepreneur spirit to Jesus, What did Jesus do? Jesus didn't crush his spirit. He redeemed it and restored it. And my dad became an entrepreneur in other ways. He bought a tent and began traveling the country as an evangelist. He started one of the first integrated churches in the Midwest. He opened a Christian television station right here in the Bay Area. And, of course, he's the founder of where we're at today, the Cathedral of Faith in San Jose. Amen? He was still an entrepreneur, but harnessed for the glory of God. Some people recognize that entrepreneur thing in my dad. In fact, one of his buddies, a really close friend, asked him one day, he said, there's a new startup happening, and and I'd love for you to be in on the ground floor of this thing. And have a few franchises, and why don't you jump in? We're just starting out. We're starting this new chicken company called Kentucky Fried Chicken. And his uncle was the, was the colonel, and he wanted my dad to get in on the ground floor. And my dad said, thank you so much. The guy's name was Lee Cummings. Thank you so much, Lee. But God didn't call me to sell chickens. God called me to preach the gospel. And we, we ate plenty of chicken at our house, believe me. But my dad knew what his mission was and what his purpose was and how he was to use that entrepreneur spirit for the kingdom of God and the glory of God. What would that look like for you to take your identity, who you are, surrender it to God so you can be the very best version of you? See, in here today, this is a galaxy and there are shining stars scattered all over the audience. This last point doesn't so much come out of the story of Paul, but it really came out of the context of today. I want to talk to the men and the dads, women you can listen into. But for the next few moments, I want to talk about being households of rising stars. Men are amazing to me. You can see up here, it says, 
who said men can't multitask? And here's a guy who's playing his video game and feeding his baby at the same time. And so men are amazing. And I want to give men props today. How many dads do we have in the house? Let me see your hands, all the dads in the house. All right, let's give, give it up for everybody. Yeah. That's great. And the rest, let's get all the men now. Would you raise your hand? All the men in the house, just wave at me. Yeah, that's great. Let's give all the men props. This is awesome. Men, I want you to listen to me because just your presence here this weekend says something. They once were studying how faith gets passed on from generation to generation. And here's what they found in the study. They said if both dad and mom attend church on a regular basis, 72% of their children when they grow up will attend church on a regular basis. They said if just the mom comes to church on a regular basis, but dad is absent, then 15% of adult children will attend church. If just the dad attends church regularly, they say 55% of his kids when they grow up will attend church regularly. I'm not sure why it is. What I do know is this. Guys, you being here matters. The fact that you came today and you're practicing your faith can have an impact from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. Way to go, guys. One more time. Let's give it up for all the guys that are in the house. Hallelujah. Way to go, guys. I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. I really am. Because you never know how far that's going to travel. They say that the North Star that it takes 638 years for the light of the North Star to reach our earth. And when you are a bright shining star, the light that you shine can travel a very long ways for a very long time. You and I are always looking at just this moment, but God sees it all. And God sees what can happen from generation to generation, to generation. I was reminded of this in a conversation I had recently uh, on the phone with a man by the name of Gary. Gary's a friend, and his son, Ryan, Ryan Tedder, is one of the top music stars uh, in the world right now. He's the lead singer of One Republic. He's on the show Songland as one of the judges he produces Grammy award-winning music for everyone from Adele to Taylor Swift. I mean, he is the hottest guy in music right now. And he told me a story about Ryan's grandfather, Gary's dad. And the grandfather was born into a home of alcoholics. And when you're born into an alcoholic home and... His parents split up when he was just a little guy. All the anger, all the fighting. That can really set your family lineage in a certain direction. Talk to addicts. And you often find out that, well, 
they had a parent who was an addict or they had a grandparent who was an addict or they had a great-grandparent who was an addict and that just gets passed on from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. The sins of the fathers create dysfunction in that family line. But when that grandfather, when he grew up, that little boy grew up, he decided he did not want to go in that direction. And he turned his life over to Jesus. And when he turned his life over to Jesus, friend, listen, if dysfunction can be passed down from one generation to another, blessing can be passed down from one generation to another. And it changed the direction of his family tree. And so this grandfather, what he does is he pours his faith into his father and he pours his faith into his grandson, Ryan. And Ryan grows up to be a bright, shining star to the world in the music industry. And one day, Ryan sits down and he writes a song about his grandfather. He saw, calls the song Preacher. And this song, there's a line in the song. It talks about legacy. Instead of me just saying it, Listen to Ryan sing it, because this is how to be a shining star. Uh, Preacher. Preacher came about. It was a piece of music that Brent came up with, and um, it just struck a chord with me. I was actually listening on an airplane, and immediately the melody and the lyrics came to me, and songs about my, uh, my grandfather, who was a preacher for years and years. It's a song of... Uh, about that, growing up with him and you know him being an awesome guy and uh, always being there and just being a good, uh, encouraging, uh, incredible human being. That last line read, He's a, he was a million miles from a million dollars, but you can never spend his wealth. The value, the treasure of handing on a legacy from one generation to another generation, that is what it looks like to be a shining star. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. I want to do something. Everybody stand with me. Uh, this is a little different. Guys, I promise we won't do anything strange or weird. I promise you that. But I'm going to invite you. I know it's a, it's a unique day, and we normally don't do stuff like this, but I'm going to invite you to join me here at the front because I want to pray a special blessing on all of the men that are here today. If you just join me down front, we're going to speak a blessing and a prayer specifically for all of the men in the house today. Yeah, let's give them a big hand. Give them a big hand. Yeah, come on down, down front. Yeah. Let's get crowded in here. Look at all this. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah, way to go, guys. 
This is great. This is great, man. This is great. This is great. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. Blessings. God bless you, bud. God bless you. God bless you. Dr. Wayne, I want you to just speak a word of blessing and favor over all of the men that are in the house today. Amen, amen, amen. Lord, you are the one who came up with the idea of family and fatherhood and relationship. And it's only with your help it can be carried out. For each one of these men represented here, Lord, I just ask you to bless them, encourage them. Lord, today we honor our faithful dads whose life and choices brought favor, and we respond by extending gratitude and blessing. Lord, today we honor our imperfect dads whose life and choices might have brought frustration and pain, but we extend grace and forgiveness. Lord, you knew exactly which family all of us needed to be in. You chose it to be part of our story, our testimony, our life, our healing, our release, our blessing. And for each of these men, Lord, meet them where they are, that your word would come to pass, that said, if anybody lacks wisdom, you give to those who ask in faith, Lord, grant wisdom to my brothers to be the men you've called them to be. Lord, we also pray that promise over them that says that you who started a good work will be faithful to complete it. Lord, we know all too well here at Cathedral or a place where nobody's perfect. But Lord, grant to my brothers the hope that you who started the work with them, you will be faithful to complete it. We speak blessing on our men. We speak blessing on our stepdads. We speak blessing on our dads who stepped up. We speak blessing on our papas and uncles and mentors and friends who helped us become all you intended us to be, who reflect your heart. May your blessing be upon our earthly dads and upon our spiritual dads. We speak blessing on Pastor Ken as our spiritual father. You'd encourage him and strengthen him and bless him with abundance and wisdom and insight and favor as he leads us. Thank you for giving us such an amazing spiritual dad and Pastor Ken. Lord, watch over him and bless him. And for each one here, we thank you for that wisdom. For those watching online, encourage them and strengthen them. We come before you, Lord, anticipating that special work of your Holy Spirit. Lord, would you make Cathedral of Faith the kind of family that you intended when you came up with the idea of family, where love is lived out, where life is experienced together, where your power and grace are manifest. Help us to model the way. Help us to have your strength. Help us to have your wisdom. Help us to see ourselves the way you see us. Help us to see those around us the way you see them. Help us to see this community the way you see it, Lord. Give us your eyes and your heart that as the men of this church rise up, there would be increase in every hour of their life, financially, spiritually, in their health, in their life, in their careers, in their relationships. Bless, 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 bless them in Jesus' name and for his glory. Let's give him thanks and praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Yeah! Hallelujah!